outsiders only. This is Sky Terror. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Outsiders Only, the fan-made podcast about the game Sky Terror by PvP Geeks. Uh, my name is Blake. You may know me on the Discord as Boulevard Paper Fight, and I am joined as always by my wingman Rem. Christian, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> and this week we have our first recurring guest in the man, the myth, the legend. It's <laughs> but we will stick to Eric for the sake of uh, having an easier time to actually address him. So, welcome, Eric. Good evening, guys. Hey, man, how's it going? Great. That is the best intro I've had, and that was one of the best whistles I've had. I know. <laughs> he practiced a little bit before, and I was like, "Okay, this is impressive. We got to do it." Not a little bit. It was like two hours. My wife was like, "Look, give me strange looks," but yeah, <laughs> I, I think she liked it. <laughs> <laughs> she thought no, it was directed no, I think her. this whistling is, is less like uh, whistling after a woman which you shouldn't do um, <laughs> yes. but more like a commanding come over here whistle I think but yeah whatever I think we're digressing <laughs> into a territory yes. that into a territory that I don't want to go so what we want to talk about today with you Eric um, is like uh, you're obviously a very active player and I wanted or we wanted to talk a little bit about the state of the game or maybe the state of the meta, what's going on in Skytear from a deck or matchup or building uh, perspective. And uh, before we get into that, though, we just got to give you a huge congratulations for uh, winning your match yesterday and uh, making it one step forward to the glory. Yeah, for oh, sure. Thanks. Yeah, that was a crazy control matchup for the people who didn't catch the game uh you played the semifinals of the summer league uh game and you actually made it to the finals right now of the american part of the summer league so yep, you're thank you very much competing for the top dog spot <laughs> in, in the and, us and the beautiful uh ashen map that uh, c dubs has been creating yeah the, mm -hmm. the alt art one right yep yeah, that's pretty, yeah, that's cool. pretty cool. So on to onto this topic about uh, you letting us know your perception and maybe your own experience with, is there a meta shaping? Like, what is the meta? Is there anything really strong coming in? We just were curious about your opinion since uh, you were showcasing yourself as such a, a stellar Sky Tear player. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Um, I mean... I have seen, and part of it is we've been playing some Ashen Pass and some two-lane, and that is definitely different, and you see different things there. But if we're sticking to the two-lane and kind of looking at that meta, um, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that works. So I've been very happy because, I mean, on the Discord, you'll see some people saying, oh, this character is really good, or this group of characters is really good. I think Blue Blob still has a a place as far as um, something it's that you have to bars, think about. actually. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I think partly because of that, you'll see a fair number of charms run just because people are aware of that. And But I don't think it's a dominant, like, hey, it's got to be blue or not blue type thing. I mean, I think mm -hmm. there are yellow lists, especially some mage heavy lists that are pretty popular. But even some of the other stuff, you'll see a canoe list and everything that people are uh, using the Nupton people to their uh, best abilities and interacting with them. And I don't know if part of it is because there's only some people doing it. And so some of those abilities surprise people. But 
with the frenzy rules, even though they've taken a little uh, hit down now, the green and red stuff that runs frenzy is still something you have to be very aware of because, I mean, that can kill heroes round one and, you know, the kill conditions can kill them by round two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's probably one of the, and I, I hate the term aggro and control, but I'll say one of the faster kill decks, I guess. So when there's kill conditions like that yeah. can do it really quickly. And so you have to keep that uh, in your judgment. And then, I mean, I'm still a pretty big believer just in the Taolot uh, group in general. Um, I don't think there's a lot of that running around, but I think the people that are committing to it and learning it, I think it's a harder deck to play, mm-hmm. but the people that are playing it are playing it well. And so, and I think it's strong, but it's not obvious where the strength is. So, you know, like, I think that's something that's probably not in the meta right now is a top dog, but I think there's certain players that play it really well. And I think as time goes on, I think we will see more of that uh, 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 coming in. That is interesting. I mean, you've given you. Um, we can definitely uh, say that there isn't like the deck at the moment because you just listed like five or six uh, deck types that that you feel plays competitive. But just for me to to um, think about it again, so you said like the the blue blob, and then the kind of yellow deck that we probably saw uh, getting played by Ashun. Uh, yep. quite popularly right uh, what was the kanui build that you mentioned so i've just seen so most of the yellow builds i see uh feature the two shafathi and sithuru but yeah. then i have seen people also bring in kanui which i didn't give enough respect to i guess because mm-hmm. and then you know they're using her illusion ability very well on all the yellow guys so they still might run the, the mages or maybe yeah. not maybe they'll run just ekrit and like a cootie and then uh, a different colored thing or something like that. But uh, yeah, a Kanui gives you a lot of um, survivability that uh, is interesting because, you know, in general, the yellow heroes tend to be a little more fragile than the other uh, uh, other groups. So she, she makes uh, her, her uh, she makes the, the, the heroes not being able to get targeted, right? Not be able to be target or uh, not allowed to attack unless her illusion is gone. Targeted by an action, yeah, uh, yeah. But then also, if if they get attacked while they're in projected, they can move. So it's really yeah. hard to get two attacks against any of the yellow heroes around there, especially melee mm-hmm. ones. So mm. yeah. So this gives them the the kind of uh, not sustainability, but the defense that that they're probably lacking a bit. Right. Exactly. I think also what you're saying is it. This is exactly why I think Sky Terror is such a great game is because this isn't like other games where you see something that is just overly done to the point where it's not fun to play because you know what you're going against and you know what counters it. So if everyone's running the same strengths, then the same weaknesses apply. So you're seeing very much uh, a limited deck pool. And I find once that starts happening, that is when a game can feel stale. And I. And I've always felt that that's probably an unlikely occurrence in Sky Terror just because of the variance of which heroes can be chosen and mm-hmm. the win condition. So I think that you just kind of confirm that with your observations of what's going on. And I mean, I, I can't say this enough, but the fact that you basically get to pre-sideboard. So let's say that blue does get too strong. And I'm just using that example. I'm not saying that blue is the one, but let's say blue does get too strong. Let's say you have a deck that you like to run with four heroes. The other two heroes, you can build those two heroes to be anti-blue blob and mm-hmm. have a, mm-hmm. you know, 
yes, I hate playing Blue Blob. It sucks to play Blue Blob, but it's not like Magic where then you have to sit down, lose game one because you know your deck just is going to lose to uh, Mill or Dredge or something like that, and then you can sideboard in and maybe win game two and three. Here you could say, okay, yeah. fine, you're going to run that thing I hate. I've got two two heroes here that are made to make your life miserable, and you can pre-sideboard them in, and you have a good shot for your game to be beating them. You know, if there's that one thing in the meta that sucks, you know, two slots seems like an awful lot with uh, tailored cards and tailored heroes to give you a good shot to basically not have that feel bad. Now, if you've got multiple things you hate, I don't know what to say, but you know, if, if there's that one thing that is just like, man, I wish people would stop playing this, then you should have a, should have enough tools to be able to counter it. Yeah, I really like what, what you're saying because when I think about games that I've played, Besides Sky Terror, there, there are some probably, <laughs> but uh, they they always felt bad when there was this moment when uh, I don't know there, there was a big community behind it and there were games being streamed by popular streamers over the internet and then when you queue into a competitive into a matched play in, in a higher rank you only see like two or three decks and and you go into the queue and you know okay I'm, I'll probably play some aggro deck like like in hearthstone or, or whichever game you you can substitute in there so i really like the idea that this isn't the case in in sky tier at the moment and you're going even further and saying like you you can basically play whatever not whatever you like but you can play a lot of builds and just substitute and and uh sub in the the cards you need to uh, to have a good matchup against certain decks yeah. And I, I would also say, hey, we're still very much in the infancy of Sky Terror. Yeah. Who knows, once it matures, maybe it will get to the point where there's something oppressive or a couple decks that are oppressive and you have to be playing against them. But I just haven't seen it yet. And yeah. I, I challenge anybody that really thinks that, hey, these are the first the couple. I think there's multiple counters or multiple ways to do it. And I mean, even the flavors, and again, I don't know how much it is that, hey, people haven't tuned or whatever, but like the people that run blue, some people like Korjoff, some people hate Korjoff, right? I mean, and that's a pretty stark change, right? One of them, you're actually running a mage that can do piercing damage, and the other one, you can't. Or you got to reach into another color to get your piercing damage from if you think one of the other heroes is better. And so, you know, I see that too. And uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I love the variety, and you know, you, you like you sit down against Kanui, or I sit down against Kanui, and I'm like, huh, what does that do? And then you learn in the middle of the game, oh, that's what Kanui <laughs> does. Okay, now I've got to you know readjust my assumptions on exactly you know what how powerful this thing is or how it can be used, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it also is context. Um, I'm going to give a little aside, but I think it's uh, relevant. There was a uh, discussion in Discord this week about strong heroes and weak heroes. And some people were saying, hey, there's some heroes that are just definitely weaker and don't really see play. And I haven't seen that really. And so uh, there I kind of just threw out a little challenge and saying like, hey, I think if you give me the four weakest heroes and put me against, you know, whatever a real top deck is or something like that, Mm -hmm. I'm not maybe going to win more than 50% of the time, but I think I can win like a quarter of the games because I think these heroes are within striking distance of the top heroes. Like you can tell me the Ekrits and the Astridas probably have a better win percentage and i can see that but i think it's marginally better than some of the people that people think are small and what i thought was really interesting is you know the whole community was discussing this and coming up with the four weakest heroes was hard <laughs> because yeah. some people say like oh kotlik's definitely weak and other people are like what are you talking about he's one of my starting four always i love <laughs> kotlik right and so like yeah, almost yeah. everybody had a defense and 
I mean, so, you know, I eventually got four based on win percentage and stuff like that. But I mean, one of them in there was Golbjorn, which I think even people that put it there are like, well, if you put him with not blue heroes, then he might be weak. And I couldn't even say, okay, maybe that is true. But yeah. you pretty much play Golbjorn in a blue hero deck. And then all of a sudden he's a strong kit. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is a, there aren't weak heroes or they're um, situationally weak. Like you have to have the right mm -hmm. support maybe to make them good. But the fact that all 24 heroes, I think are viable I can't think of any that I would just like not play is uh, a testament to the way it's the game and to the fact that, yeah, I think that leaves that meta open is like you can uh, switch and have a Sakoshi deck and have a chance even against, uh, you know, blue blob or, you know, one of the other decks that is going crazy right now. And out of curiosity, which four heroes did you end up uh, declaring? Alrighty, the, so so Sakoshi was on the bottom burst. of the list, and so they also gave me a all, one of each color to try and I think uh, reduce synergies. So uh, <laughs> okay. Sakoshi was there. Um, the yellow hero, uh, uh, Habarat, yeah. Habarat, which uh, and then uh, Golbjorn, and then the green one was Kotlik. Eventually, it was the one that they decided on. So. Um, and, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty tough t challenge when you uh, space them uh, also far away and on, on the color wheel when you have four different colors. I mean, it it you can even play the, the quote-unquote top heroes, uh, but if you play only a single one uh, from each color, it's immediately a way worse deck than when you play, I don't know, a, a bad mono-red deck or something, I suppose. Sure. But, I mean, as it turned out, right, I mean, you could probably construct maybe four that are worse individually and stuff, but here, mm -hmm. in this case, Goldbjorn had a blue and Habra had a yellow, but everybody yeah. else shared green and red. So, mm -hmm. with this deck, you could stick to green and red, and so, basically, I, you know, took a page out of Game Slayer's deck and made a green-red flip deck, and mm -hmm. I think, sure, there probably is a more optimal build of a green-red flip deck, but, you know, you've got Sakoshi and Habrat that are flipping two cards, and I think it's perfectly a uh, reasonable uh, deck that's going to be able to steal some games even against top decks, which I think was really the point of the exercise. Now, I mean, we'll see if, if that's true or not, but uh, I'm going to play it some more to see uh, how that goes. But in theory, I think it's, you know, like I said, reasonable. Maybe not top tier, but I don't think it's like trash, right? And if you can't, yeah, that's cool. if, if heroes aren't trash, that's all that we can really hope for, I think. Mm -hmm. cool. 100%. And if I would if I would say, um, if I would try to, to formulate some archetypes and listening to what you said so far, um, is it too narrow-minded if I, if I said decks that you can expect when playing competitively in, in a league are like the blue blob, the red, uh, red green flip deck, the yellow mages deck, and a green... Pillar deck, something I like mean, this? I, I think those are definitely there. And remember, the problem is even in those decks, like you have those other two heroes to make it not that, right? So like if yeah. you have a main a main four that are four blue blobs, but then you've got your other two is Ekrit and Akuti or something like that, right? You know, then mm -hmm. it has a totally different look, even though it's the same deck. So, you know, it's kind of weird because you're talking about six heroes as a deck, but really it's four hero slices so you know what that yeah. exactly looks like but uh so i guess what i'm saying is one deck really can be two decks or maybe even three decks depending on how uh, versatile the the deck builder is but i think that's true i, I think the people that go talat have normally three or four talat heroes i mean some people like spice in a takali or something like that but i think if you're doing the green thing you're, you you really want 
a lot of them for the synergies. Um, I think yellow cure cures gets, um, splashed a little bit, especially Ekrit, but also again, mm -hmm. if you can have three or four of them, then you've got a lot of synergy there. Um, and I see the mages a lot, but I think that's a lot because I almost always are am picking Brilvar. And so people know that mages, so I probably see more mages than most other people do. Like even if I, they play against people with two mages deck, they, they probably leave them on the sideline more often. But people against me are like, yeah, let's bring in as many mages as we have in our lineup because that's going to be <laughs> effective, right? So sure, yeah. uh, I, I would definitely call a mages deck there. But again, that might not be right, right? So, uh, um, but I think that's probably there. I think the other thing I would definitely say is there is a flip deck out there that really cares about modifiers, and there is yeah, a that's what deck I would have uh, categorized as, as red red green flip deck, but it's probably too narrow minded because you can also like do a yellow predict flip deck kind of. Yeah, I think a red yellow flip deck exists also, right? And I don't know that they're hmm. that different. Mm -hmm. I mean, one has yeah. frenzy, the other has more piercing. You know, piercing is really good with great modifiers. Because the thing with flip decks is you don't really need the two attacks because you're really consistent on flipping anyway, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you're yellow, you do have some of those cards that are plus ones or even plus zeros. And and so that's, you know, you, you'd have to move away from those if you want to, but then you can attack and skirmish with these piercing guys and, you know, you can just melt anybody, right? So I mm, think mm -hmm. those are totally valuable. I I don't know if there's a blue flip. I mean, I'm sure you could make a blue flip deck, but an awful lot of those good blue cards have bad modifiers. So I, I yeah. haven't seen that, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. Um. So then you, yeah, the flip decks in general, and then also, you know, the one that I tend to be running or after my experiment with a, uh, a mono Kimuro deck uh, fizzled out, you know, I'm in the just uh, two and three cost cards so that I can lead from top of deck decks, right? Mm -hmm. and so that's the other side of things where basically either of those decks uh, sacrifice a little bit of their card quality in order to be able to play off the top of the deck better because a lot of this game is playing off the top of the deck. And so being able to do that consistently uh, as good as they can be. So even though you have cards that aren't doing quite as much, maybe you basically know when you're using the top of the deck, you are going to be getting uh, the most value out of those either lead, blind leads or those attack and skirmish actions. Yeah, and it's and it's some kind of economy, maybe like like saving cards and yeah. Yeah, and I think Game Slayer in there has said this a lot, right? He's like talked about some of the cards that he doesn't like. And, you know, I don't know if he's right or wrong, but he basically says, okay, this card is going to get flipped more often than it gets played. And if it gets flipped for a plus two, that's two damage. When it's played, it's only a plus one, but it does, you know, something else. Is that action actually worth it? You know, and if yeah. he's just doing a pure numbers thing, he's like, hey, I don't think this card is worth that. Um, so I think that mm -hmm. is, you know, when you look at it from number size, it can be that. And so, you know, that taken to the... Uh, I guess I haven't done the math necessarily on it, but it definitely feels good when I know I'm top of my deck and getting a two or a three, and I'm, you know, uh, sided towards a three. And the same when I played in the flip decks, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm confident I'm going to get a two. I can play like I'm going to get a two. So that's interesting. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, one question I had, speaking of uh, cards and flipping and whatnot, are you using any of the new Ashram Pass cards at all? The one I'm using the most is the Sky Tear Drain. Um, that thing is absolutely brutal. Just and discard two cards. Discard two cards. Yeah, you, you have to target a hero so that yeah. at least there is some play against it. A lot of time, or sometimes you can get away with uh, doing something in response, and it's just a one for one trade. But even that doesn't feel horrible. But especially in control matchups, but even not in control matchups, if you can empty their hand so that they have less options, uh, it can you know 
solidify a game or uh, flip a game. So I think that is probably one of the stronger cards to come out there. Um, I, I also have had Refract in my deck, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be using it all the time. But the requirement that it has to be a, um, a non-ultimate non card, yeah. you need to use it on round three or beyond, right? And so yeah. sometimes whatever they're playing, it's just not worth it. So I think it's and going to end up probably be more of a combo card where you're doing it with something that you cast yourself. Um, not that I know that there's that many combos yet that are worth it, but I mm -hmm. thought it was going to just be like, oh yeah, I've got this as you know, my ace in the hole. You sinkhole me, I'm going to sinkhole you, or you do something. But sometimes it just doesn't work that you can counter their card with that card, right? So yeah. um, it has seen less play than I was expecting to. There are um, a lot of wordings on cards that don't make you do the same thing to him as as, as the effect of the opponent has exactly. done. So that's yep. so, we also we we uh, spoiled this card here on the podcast and we uh -huh. also said that it's like it's it looks like more on you want to play your own strong effects uh six times basically. Right. But, there you go. but then it's yep. so slow uh and there aren't that many really like mm -hmm. right so yeah. like one of the strongest cards tricky. is sinkhole but do you really need to do a double sinkhole? Once you've done one sinkhole, you've probably done the damage that you need to do, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So. And then there's also like, we, we thought about like just doubling super strong cards like Rampant Hatred or something like this and have, yeah, that being able to play it, it six off. But but then when you read the card itself, it says the caster gets plus one skirmish damage. So, and, and usually um, you play Rampant Hatred from one hero and then you want to refract it. But... Refract is cast by another hero, so, so they the don't hero stack that. The same way. Pardon? So they don't stack exactly the same way you want them to. Yeah, it's not not the the, the my my skirmish guy that gets the the uh, bonus, but mm -hmm. actually the 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 hero that cast a refract. So there, there's a lot of tricky wording that needs to be considered, but it can only get better. The card, I think. Right. Yeah. More, it's more it's strange it's cards we get released. Yeah. And then uh, uh, playing and other stuff, the other card I see a lot of is the exhaust card, the one-cost yellow card. So mm -hmm. that guy is everywhere. I think uh, if you if you don't want to run blue, but you're worried about blue, it's you know your charm, which I think yeah, is good. Having fun. some more of that to to deal with those tokens, I think is is a nice thing to have. Oh, and the green card, the the Talot pillar. I can't tell you how many times a pillar has been dropped in my face and stopped me from doing what I was going to do. So that has stone been barricade. Right. Stone barricade. Oh, yep. very cool. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question: is what what have you seen in particular, and what is a force to be reckoned with? So that's that's. Uh, thank you for just reading my mind and going right into it the the pillar one I, I find that's such an interesting card so you've you've noticed it not only being used as creating a pillar but just the the sheer fact that it can just suddenly block you in your path like you mm. say you're going to move or something in your skirmish and they like i declare skirmish and they just go boom drop a pillar in front of you exactly and, and skirmish is a tougher but yes if, if there's two squares and it's obvious that's there or a move that's three and it's kind of obvious where they're going to go or sometimes there's like almost a wall set up and like there's a couple heroes and they're somebody's trying to like go a path between or something like that or try and get into the dome and you just can keep somebody out of the dome or in the dome or something like that so i've seen so i mean i think it's best in the green deck because those extra pillars are money for them right they have purposes mm -hmm. but i think even in if you're splashing green and you don't mind a uh a plus two card you know like one of those flip decks or something like that i think yeah. that that can provide good value uh to you along the lines of you know messing up somebody else's uh positioning and stuff so 
the plus two is what makes it like the, the A plus category. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and w- what happened to Doom? I, th- I think I remember that when it was spoiled, uh, we were very excited about having like like a counter card in a way, in in red. Uh, yep. Um, so I've had it played on me. I've had it eat somebody's turn. The th- the thing is. If you're gonna like win that turn, it can do a lot. So this is the so there's two parts of the card. One is to stop a heal, and that is still I think viable. Um, but I don't particularly heal that much. I mean, I just use Frail's passive. I don't actually play very many nurses and stuff like that. So that one doesn't get played against me. Um, but the other side is to make me basically uh, flip a card, which off the top of my deck it's almost always it's always gonna be a two or a three. So you know it'll eat my character's turn, and that's annoying. But it just means I can save my card and play it the next round. So it's delaying stuff. So unless you already have a very good clock, like you're going to win this turn or get way ahead this turn, mm-hmm. it hasn't been um, as impactful as maybe um, you would think, right? I mean, just because that sinkhole just, it's not like you countered the sinkhole. It means, hey, that character didn't get to play the sinkhole. That sinkhole is yeah. still going to be their next turn, right? So. Mm-hmm. I see. But I, I definitely think it's still, you know, of the plus two cards that are out there, right? If you're doing the flip deck and looking plus two cards, I think it definitely has its place, especially because healing is a thing, right? So I'm not trying to say it's a bad card. I'm just saying it's not particularly effective against me, and I definitely am not running it, right? And that's uh, considering the two-lane map that we are speaking of. Because I, I would suppose single-lane Psychic Shield gets a lot, a lot more oh. interesting. <laughs> so... Yeah, again, Psychic Shield I think is great. I'm almost running it in my deck, but I can't just because off the top of zero would just eat, hurt yeah. my soul too much, right? And then against me, people are pitching them because I mean, they want them for the flips, and so that does something. But if they get it in their hand, they're like, this is totally garbage. I actually want to get it back in my deck so I can get it flipped, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's, that's another one that I think uh, d- that's a matchup-dependent one. But I think that is a great card. And sorry I didn't mention it, but yeah, uh, I just... I see that off the top of the deck, so I don't even think about it as a play yeah. card. But having seven plus threes in your deck uh, makes some of those decks really hum. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones I added because when we're when we're playing our uh, our games, we uh, we've just been playing on Ashen Pass to both try out new cards and that. And I just threw a couple of those in because I'm looking for flips and stuff. And Sad Panda today, I, I had my opening hand with both of the two that I run in my opening hand, which you don't always want to see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's rough and, and the other one is you don't want to flip it off the top and i've seen people flip it off the top right and so it, it yeah. has a definite downside but i mean both the ability and that plus three are just incredible so yeah i i agree it's, it's a it's a really cool card and it's 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 just great to see i wonder like how often we're going to see plus threes come outside of the counter. i like i feel like it's going to be extremely rare moving forward i would hope so i mean i, I guess i say i would hope so it makes the ultimate seem less special which I think is maybe not where you want to be, but maybe I'm wrong, right? I mean, you know, that's that's a preconceived notion that I have, but maybe the game changes when you have more plus threes and, you know, everything expands or something like that, right? So uh, maybe it'll be good for the game. But, but the my, zero my mana does make the most sense for something like that. I agree, because otherwise yeah. your numbers just <laughs> get good everywhere, right? So Yeah, because that's the ultimate is you're getting the best of both worlds. It's a flip one way or the other or or from the top and it's both doing the maximum that you want so it, that's why it's ultimate <laughs> exactly i mean so currently cards basically have a max of three on both those numbers between mana and that except for they have some three costs that they gave plus ones which i think was a balancing issue probably right 
so that's a plus four. And, you know, I love those plus four cards because mm-hmm. I think just in general, again, you can almost make those cards blank and they might find their way into my deck. You know, a three off mm-hmm. the top or a plus one, you know, is just good value depending on how you build your deck. And so I, I can't see... If they made a plus five overall, right, which was a, plus, a three on one side and a plus two on one side or a, a, a the other yeah, way around, vice versa. then you that card could be a t- complete blank, and I think it's making it into decks, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's, yeah. So they just got to be careful where they push those numbers, I think. And again, I say that, and then maybe, you know, in five years, that's exactly where we are, and it makes perfect sense. But, you know, right yeah. now, with the way the game is, I think that's uh, probably a limit they probably should adhere to. Do you think that we're um we're we're at a position like if, if we go down this line of thinking where you could get to, you don't really want to have the game get to a situation where what the card actually does is an irrelevant point and everyone's just playing essentially like sky tear moneyball for the most part <laughs> and just doing like you know what I mean like yeah I I could see that being the the course that you're talking about and I I think no one wants to see that right because then it totally eliminates a whole element of the game I I agree right so um I mean. I think the flip deck kind of goes there, but I think those one cost cards are interesting and varied and they still have play and effect on the game. So, you know, the one cost plus two cards. So I think they are still um, important to people winning in the flip deck. Right. And I think by and large though, when I look at them, they are weaker cards in general uh, than the two cost cards. So, I mean, I think that's a totally fair um, balance, right? And I, 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 yeah. I love that, right? But yeah, you, you mm-hmm. can get to the point where, yeah, that doesn't matter. All I care about is what the, the numbers are, and we're just going to go out there and use that and not play the cards. And I, I mean, I love the fact they have the extra thing. The cards shouldn't just be the cards, because then it turns more into a card game. And we're in this weird hybrid. And I know various people have said, oh, this is really just a card game. And other people said it's a miniatures game. And it really is somewhere in between. They found that nice mm-hmm. middle ground. And I'd like them to keep you know somewhere in that range where it feels like it's both a card game and a miniatures game. Yeah, I'm really curious how, how the future of this game looks like um, design-wise, because at the moment you're constricted when building your decks you can't just play all three mana cards but we will have a bigger card pool where you have the ability to play only plus two or plus three modifier cards or play only three mana cards so i'm really excited and and uh, curious how sky tear will change when you have a broader um deck building um when you have more deck building possibilities and if it will be better or worse than it is right now when we're having to play kind of bad cards right right right. or situational cards i should say like i think yeah that's again probably yeah the way better expression yeah let's call them situational cards uh yeah definitely yeah i mean ice wall is a mvp for me in some matchups and some matchups it's you know garbage right and doesn't do anything so um i think it's one of those cards that you know rides that line there's very few cards that you just always want to see aggressive decks i guess with plus modifiers sure um something like sinkhole almost always has some type of value but a lot of the cards are great in some situations okay in some situations Mm. and then you know bad in other situations and i'm i enjoy that indeed yeah that's what makes a good game so I guess we should move on to the final segment. That is our weekly sinkhole. sinkhole. My lesson learned is probably the uh, my path that I took during the summer league. I built a mono Kimuro deck that was uh, based upon Kichi and uh, Mayuki and using <laughs> the marks. 
And so I think I even last tech cast, I said, hey, this is what I was going to try going into counter frenzy. And so I had some nail biting wins in week one and week two and week three, I got destroyed. And the destruction of me happened was because Mayuki's ability is great, but it means the marks have to stay on people to be effective. And so, so Mayuki uh, um, says that people cannot flip cards when attacking, right? They get a minus one and they cannot flip cards. Yeah. So uh, it really uh, limits the people that are frenzying, right? And so it was working okay, keeping myself in a red blob type situation where Mayuki was keeping my entire team safe and I was going around killing stuff or getting objectives. And so that was a lot of fun. But then I, uh, week three, I met somebody who had charms in their deck and <laughs> twice I put it on Habarat. I thought I was okay. They charmed the mark off of Habarat and Habarat just went and feasted on my guys. So Mayuki's ability is great, but it's also fragile. And so the lesson I learned was that um, I mean, just like charm is kind of important, but I, but that just mit, mit limits you. But Mayuki's ability was so important to that deck, and it had an obvious counter, which was charm or now uh, exhaustion, that you can't build a deck uh, built around you know Mayuki just keeping him alive as your only real defense. Nice, very cool. That's and a good we one. also yeah. learned that Haburat is probably a top hero because we Okay, so to wrap it up, I um, I just want to shout out some tournaments that are going on. So on August the 13th, in, in like a little more than a week, we will have the monthly qualifier for Worlds. Uh, so you can sign up right now, go and play. And Eric, would you tell us a little bit about uh, the finals of Summer League? So The final is coming up as we are recording this um, episode. Yeah, so uh, I am in on one side of the bracket tonight on Monday, the 17th. We've got uh, Bearcat playing against Grey Ghost on the American side or on the America's side. And so I will be facing them sometime probably later this week or next week. And mm -hmm. then on the European finals, uh, uh, King of Jokes is going to meet Ashun. So a pair of Italians are going to be playing for the, the classic. European crown over there and then the winner of the Europeans and the Americas should be playing a, another uh, battle after that so there are three more matches to uh, claim the summer league title and then I also heard that uh, we're starting the they're renaming the next league into a clash so it's going to be a monthly clash and so I know signups for that are happening now yeah probably as, as we're releasing this episode today there should be the first monthly clash on August the 19th so in case you haven't signed up, just go and watch it because I'm sure there will be people streaming it. So <laughs> Most enjoy definitely. the games. So we wish you uh, good luck for, for the yes. finals. We will definitely watch it and, and see what what you can show. <laughs> all righty. Thank you much. Yeah. And uh, of course, you can find us all on the SkyTerror Discord, the best place to connect with uh, anyone and everyone playing the game of SkyTerror. Uh, I go by Boulevard Paper Fight. Uh, my good friend uh, Christian goes under Rem, that's R-E-M. And you can find Eric under W-I-W-W-T. Uh, Is that correct? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or you can just uh, hit the microphone button on your phone and do that, and it will find him every time. <laughs> Because technology is amazing. <laughs> so, um, Eric, thanks so much for coming on again. Thanks I a really lot, appreciate yeah. it. And uh, good luck in the finals. Thank you much. Thank you for having me. It was great fun. Yes, it was. Uh, until next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Outsiders only. This 
is Skyter.